Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Podcast by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and I'm Maeve. Today we're going to, I'm actually doing this podcast against me will. I owe Kevin 20 quid and he's bullying me into being his co-host. I don't even like football. I just like, okay, okay, there is no Maeve. It's just me putting on a voice. Uh, I'll be on my own today. Uh, that's that's why I'm pretending to have a co-host, but uh, I'll be doing it alone. And we'll be, I'll be doing Group G of African Cup 2023 qualifying, which is already underway. Yeah, uh, actually, we did a, a series of uh, teams uh, when the African Cup 2021 was on in January 2022. And um, we did a series on the teams and actually the players too there. So we'll be changing our format a little bit as a result. Uh, for teams that we covered there, rather than repeating, um, rather than repeating, we'll be providing a link in the show notes to the to the podcast, as well as the time at which each team was discussed in that podcast. So interested listeners can go to uh, soccerfiles.captivate.fm. That's our website, or you can just search Soccer Files Canada. Uh, or Canada Soccer Files. Uh, Soccer Files is with a P-H there, so it's Soccer, uh, P-H-I-L-E-S. And uh, there you can click on the link and uh, look at the show notes to bring up that podcast. We'll also repeat that address at the end here. Uh, That information will be a much more detailed World Cup overview. Uh, No, uh, not a much more detail, just a World Cup overview and a detailed look at the finals of the African Cup tournaments. Uh, So we'll only cover that briefly here. Uh, The time, uh, this time we'll be focusing on a deep dive into African Cup qualifying campaigns. And we'll also be looking at the recent history of each team. Uh, Again, for teams that were not covered, um, in those earlier podcasts, we will give a, a World Cup and African Cup overview here. So let's look at the three sections we'll cover in this podcast. We'll begin with basically an introduction of the teams and some geographical information about uh, each country. Part two is uh, the longest part by far, a team-by-team overview with a quick review of their participation and major achievements. Uh, and an overview of their World and African Cup history, if we didn't do that before, and then a deep dive into their African Cup qualifying history, a quick look at their players and a summary and a sense of their recent form. So we'll do that for each team, and in part three, we'll end with a comparison of the teams through their rankings and head-to-head meetings. Uh, That'll also launch us into a discussion of their prospects, and our predictions. And excitingly, we can check how accurate our predictions are by checking the first two sets of the six-set qualification, uh, those two sets taking place in June. So I actually have been avoiding looking at that in preparation for this podcast, so I don't know how uh, things uh, turned out. All right, and then at the end, we'll also provide Uh, We'll also give the information so you can find the links and previous podcasts. I'm wearing red today because uh, each team has red in their colors. And uh, it gives me a chance to wear my Canada shirt. Okay. The real reason is that I don't have any African shirts in in my shirt collection, which is a hobby, but kind of a 
kind of a feeble collection at this point. All right, let's move on to part one. And this is just a kind of an introduction of the countries and a little bit about the country. So we have Mali coming from pot one, Congo from pot two, Gambia in pot three, and South Sudan in pot four. We'll take a look at each country. Uh, Mali is on the west side of Africa. It's a, a landlocked country, fairly large. It's uh, 1.2 million square kilometers, the eighth largest country in um, in Africa out of 54 countries. Uh, its population is 20.9 million. That makes it the 19th largest in terms of population. Moving on to Congo, Congo is in Central Africa on the west side with a, a thin sliver of its border on the Atlantic Ocean. It's 342,000 square kilometers, making it the 27th out of 54 in Africa. Its population is 5.5 million, making it the 36th uh, most populous country. Uh, Gambia is a tiny country uh, on the far west side of Africa, with just uh, it's a long, thin east to west country with just uh, a tiny part of its border on the Atlantic Ocean, and it's only ten point. Uh, it's only uh, ten thousand square kilometers. Uh, it's forty ninth out of fifty four, so one of the smallest countries in Africa, uh, with a population of two point five million. Uh, making it 42nd uh, in Africa. And finally, South Sudan uh, is in uh, basically in Central Africa, but just to the northwest, uh, northwest of Congo DR, which is the most central country in Africa. And it's uh, 644,000 square kilometers, the 18th largest country in Africa. And in terms of population, it is 13.2 million, the 27th uh, uh, biggest in Africa by population. So we'll just, uh, we've thrown out a lot of numbers there. So we'll just kind of do a, an overview. And uh, actually, this kind of interestingly breaks down with Mali as the uh, largest country in terms of size. South Sudan, about half, uh, half as large. Uh, uh, sorry, Congo uh, third, which is about as half as large as Sudan, South Sudan, and Gambia, which is uh, really tiny. And the population works out the same too. Uh, uh, Mali is about 21 million. South Sudan is about uh, half the size uh, at 13 million. Congo is about half the size of South Sudan again with 5.5 million and Gambia not tiny here but about half the size of Congo um, at 2.5 million so a nice little mathematical construct for those of you able to envision it okay let us go on to the team by team overview beginning with Mali uh, Mali's nickname uh, is Les Aigles or the Eagles so it's a French-speaking country. Um, and we will begin with a look at their participation and achievements. So they have a short history, actually, in World Cup qualification. Their first, uh, their first entry was in 2002 
not their first entry, but their first successful campaign. Sorry, their first completed campaign. Uh, I got it in the end there. Uh, their first completed campaign was in 2002, having withdrawn in the general boycott of 1966 and also withdrawn in 1994 and 1998 and not, not entering any of the other cups uh, before 2002. Uh, they have consistently participated since 2002, though. Uh, on the other hand, they have a long history in the African Cup, participating from 1965 with only three absences. Uh, we'll talk about those when we get to the... Um, the deep dive into their qualification. In terms of achievement, they haven't reached the World Cup in their short history. Um, their short history of that tournament, I should specify. Uh, their best result until recently was reaching the final round, but they never finished in the top half of the table. That's in contrast to their long uh, African Cup history, where they finished in the top four five times their best result being a second-place finish in 1972. All right, so we'll skip the World Cup overview, and you can find that in the show notes, links to that um, previous coverage of that. Uh, but we will take a look at their most recent World Cup campaign in 2022. So they were not one of the bottom 28-ranked teams that had to play in the first round, a preliminary round, they received a bye. In the second round, uh, they showed excellent consistency, suffering only a draw in Uganda, but uh, beating Kenya and Rwanda twice, a home and away, to finish first in round two of three. That brought them to a playoff round, a playoff knockout round, where they faced Tunisia. And this is actually the easiest of those uh, final round playoff pairings and they lost the series on a single goal uh, a single goal in the first leg when the unfortunate youngster Musa Sasako um, scored an own goal with a strong pass back to his keeper which went directly into the net and the poor guy uh, received a direct red card uh, perhaps flustered, but the incident was unrelated. Uh, four minutes later, um, chasing a defender, break, oh, sorry, chasing an attacker, breaking in at the top of the box, he fouled him and it was deemed a, um, a denial of a goal scoring opportunity. So, uh, scored an own goal and got a red card all in the space of 10 minutes, uh, four minutes, I should say. And that turned out to be the only goal of the campaign. And, uh, Tunisia made it through to the cup and Mali fell just short of their first World Cup. Again, we're going to skip the uh, African Cup overview, that having been done in the previous uh, podcast, but we will move to their qualifying history uh, in detail. So here we go. Uh, we've actually divided it into three sections. Um, so the first section covers 1965 to 1988. So Mali's uh, first qualifying campaigns were group stages, which was a bit unusual for the time because most qualifications were through uh, two-team knockout runs. Uh, in the first, they finished last behind uh, Senegal and Guinea. That was 1965. And they failed to reach the cup in 1968 too, finishing second behind uh, Algeria in that group. 
uh, they lost both legs to Algeria, uh, but they did finish ahead of Upper, uh, Upper Volta, uh, now known as Burkina Faso, and they won both legs against them. In 1970, they passed the first round when Upper Volta withdrew, but they were bested by Ivory Coast in round two, uh, which started a long rivalry between uh, them and Ivory Coast. Uh, 1972 was a much better campaign, though, uh, winning rounds over Niger and Guinea to reach their first cup. And they actually finished in second place in that cup for their uh, best result ever. Uh, two competitive campaigns followed, but they fell to Guinea and Ghana, respectively. In 1978, they were disqualified, uh, and the reason was a somewhat uh, disturbing reason. Uh, their security forces assaulted the officials at the end of the first leg, uh, which was the home leg. I'm just going to check into that a little more because I think uh, they were playing Ivory Coast there, and Ivory Coast was also disqualified. Um, just Yeah, that's true. Uh, Ivory Coast was disqualified. Um I believe because they had uh, an illegal player. But uh, Mali's reason for disqualification was a bit more disturbing. Uh, okay, and then uh, following that, they did not enter uh, the following competition in 1980. They returned in 1982 to continue generally uh, passing a preliminary round, but losing in round in the following round. Okay, so they passed preliminary rounds in the next few cups, but then lost to Algeria in 1982, Morocco in 1984, and Ivory Coast in 1986. So their pattern in, the, in that second round was losing heavily in the first leg away, but then winning at home, or tying in the case of Ivory Coast. Uh, they withdrew from the competition in 1988. So just one uh, qualification in that period, but it ended up uh, yielding second place, a very good result in 1972. The next section deals with 1990 to 2000. So uh, this pattern changed in 1990. Um, after the regular passing uh, of the preliminary round, uh, they reached the following round and tied Morocco twice. Uh, but um, this time they advanced uh, on the away goals rule. Hang on, I'm getting confused in myself here. So um, um, 1990, uh, they beat Liberia in a preliminary round. And yes, in the following round, they beat Morocco, tying home and away. But um, uh, getting a goal in Morocco, which uh, saw them through, uh, which is a very good result because not many teams uh, find success in Morocco. Uh, that, that brought them to a final round where they met once again Ivory Coast. And uh, they were knocked out there being bested by Ivory Coast. Okay, 1990, uh, 1992 was the year the Cup expanded to 16 teams and group qualification became the norm. And they started that campaign with a draw in Cameroon, which was good, and also tied uh, the other two teams at home. 
However, they lost to all three teams in the in the games after that and ended up finishing last. So a good start, but a weak finish in 1992. 1994 was better, though. Uh, they won all home games and finished first in the group ahead of Egypt and Morocco to qualify for their second cup. They did uh, well there, too, finishing fourth. Uh, this is actually a theme with Mali, like... Um, um, their their success once they reach a cup. Uh, 1996 actually seems similar, uh, a similar qualification record to 1994, uh, but it only yielded fourth place. They won all at home except for a tie with Angola, and they even won a game on the road. Uh, so it was a very decent campaign, but fourth place uh, ultimately a poor result. 1998 and 2000 were both middling campaigns with third place finishes, finishing behind uh, Ivory Coast and Algeria in 1988 and Ivory Coast and Congo in 2000. Those old foes, uh, Ivory Coast, beat them at home in both campaigns. All right, then the, the last period covers 2002 to 2017. So actually 2002 began a strong, uh, a string of successful campaigns and only in 2006 did they fail to qualify. In 2000, uh, in 2000 we saw that Old Foes Ivory had knocked them out. But from 2002, they actually never faced a top team um, except in 2010 and 2015, where they finished behind top teams. So it seems whenever they face a top team, uh, they lose. But uh, during this period, they didn't really face many. Uh, so it'll be good to keep an ear out uh, as we go through their next section for the main opponents uh, that they faced. So 2002 uh, saw them hosting and um, and so they reached their third cup without having to qualify. Uh, but 2004 was a solid campaign over weak teams, the strongest of them, Zimbabwe. Uh, and Zimbabwe actually bested them, but it didn't prevent Mali from finishing first. As mentioned, 2006 was a non-qualification. It was actually based on their uh, World Cup performance, their World Cup qualifying performance that year, which also acted as a qualifier for the African Cup. Uh, as we've seen even in the general overview, their World Cup, World Cup campaigns are weaker and they had finished fifth of sixth in that uh, qualifying group. But uh, they roared back into the cup with an undefeated campaign in 2008. And uh, they, and best, they and Benin ousting the uh, informed Togo in 2008 there. 2010's World Cup campaign was just good enough to reach the African Cup. The World Cup's uh, results again acting as the qualifier for the 2010 African Cup. And uh, a third place finish uh, in the World Cup group behind Ghana and Benin uh, turned out to be enough. In 2012, they edged out second place Cape Verde, uh, winning all at home, but earning only a draw on the road. 2013 is the kind of the rushed qualifying campaign. Um, 
and, and, and arguably an unfair qualification procedure. Uh, Mali benefited from it, though, receiving uh, two buys to the final round. Uh, all, all teams that participated in 2012 received that buy to the final round. And in the case of Mali, they only had to beat Botswana to get in, so pretty easy for them there. Uh, 2015 was unconvincing, particularly a loss to Ethiopia at home. However, they had won in Ethiopia, which is uh, always a feat. So they advanced in second behind Algeria in 2015. 2017 was far better, suffering only a draw and easily winning a fairly easy group over Benin and Equatorial Guinea. Uh, again, it's a, a, a good place to note that they've been blessed with easy groupings during this long string of qualifications. Okay, well, uh, we're going to take a look uh, directly at their 2019 and 2021 campaigns. So uh, in 2019, they went undefeated. Uh, once again, they had an easy qualifying group with uh, Burundi, Gabon, and South Sudan as their opponents. Uh, and they finished first. Um, that brought them to the group stage of the cup. And a good performance there saw them tying uh, top-seeded Tunisia and beating uh, Mauritania and Angola to finish first in the group stage. So actually a fairly easy grouping there too. Uh, they were the better team in the round of 16 against Old Foes Ivory Coast, but they lost to them on a single goal uh, there. Ivory Coast, I found them a bit flat uh, in that game. And I felt Mali deserved to win, but um, they don't seem to do well against Ivory Coast. Let's move on to 2021 and see how they did. They received a bye in the first round of qualification, uh, but they were bested by Guinea in the group stage, in the, in the sorry, the qualification group. But consistency, uh, winning all games over Namibia and Chad, although Chad was disqualified halfway through, um, Mali's consistency saw them through to first place in the group. In the tournament, they beat Tunisia uh, in an odd game. Uh, I got to tell you about this. The um, uh, referee blew the whistle uh, at about 85 minutes into the game. Now, you've got to keep in mind that uh, Tunisia was down a goal, so very anxious to uh, get back that goal. Uh, referee blew the whistle and... Uh, you know, there was much, much raising of arms and shouting. So uh, the game continued. But then he actually uh, blew the whistle again uh, 20 seconds before regulation time. So at 89 minutes and 40 seconds, uh, blew the game to an end. And, and that was that. So um, there were tons of complaints. Uh, in between those two final whistles, uh, he gave a, a, an unwarranty an unwarrantedly harsh red card to a Mali, Mali player. And uh, all in all, in the second half, the, the ball was only in play for 17 minutes. So a bit of a bizarre game there, Tunisia, with much to complain about. Uh, but Mali winning it one nothing In game two, uh, Mali and Gambia went scoreless until Mali took the lead on a penalty uh, 79 minutes at 79 minutes. But Gambia fought back and equalized on their own penalty at uh, 90 minutes. Mali and Gambia meet here too. 
so that was a, a draw in the in the group stage of the 2021 African Cup. Uh, Mali went on to beat Mauritania, so finished first in the group. And in the round of 16, they faced Equatorial Guinea, uh, and they went scoreless, and it went to penalties, and Equatorial Guinea won the penalty shootout 7-6. So two round of 16 finishes uh, for Mali. Uh, it seems when they get to the African Cup, they usually uh, pass the group stage uh, and do quite well, though not always. Okay, we're going to take a quick look at uh, their players. And uh, they have a lot of talent. Um, they have a lot of talent. We'll begin kind of with uh, who's been scoring for them. So, uh, confusingly, on in Mali, they have two players named uh, Adama Traore, and it's it's quite amazing. They were born in the same year. They have similar careers. They're of similar strength, and it seems like the team itself has been trying to uh, separate them at one point, calling them Adama Traore 1 and Adama Traore 2, and now they seem to have gone with Adama Traore Nos and Adama Traore Maluda. Uh, uh, so if that name pops up a lot, it's it's because there are two of them. Uh, they also have Eve Basuma, who plays for Brighton. I think Musa Morega, who was a scorer for a while, is uh, now uh, off the squad. Uh, having, um, I think he's a bit older. Um, yeah. Uh, I won't go into too much detail, but he he uh, he was scoring uh, in in 2019 for them. They have uh, Musa Gineppo too, who uh, who also uh, plays in England with Southampton. So uh, all sorts of uh, good players there, and. Um, and let me just look at some of their veterans. So. Uh, Jigui uh, Diara is their veteran goalkeeper. He's 27 and has 48 caps. Um, on defense, Hamari Traore is their, their uh, most uh, experienced defender, and he plays, as many of them do, in France. And for reasonably good teams, I'll list off a couple of them. Uh, Rons, Amiens, Metz, Dijon, so not necessarily top teams in France, but uh, very respectable teams. And most of them seem to play abroad, not only in France, but uh, Belgium, Germany, and Austria too. Uh, midfielder Diadi Samaseku uh, plays for uh, uh, plays in Germany for Hoffenheim. And Yves Basuma, I believe this is uh, uh, a move just this summer uh, from Brighton to Tottenham. Uh, in England. So um, they also have uh, Abdoulaye Dekoure, um who plays for Everton, but uh, I didn't know he was actually from Mali. I, I think he was trying to get onto the French team and then just recently joined Mali. So that's actually a bit of a surprise, uh, a surprise to me. He's 29 year old and has just two caps. So uh, anyway, filled with talent, and I believe uh, that talent has gotten better over the years. 
Okay, that uh, is maybe more of a an overview than we needed for the players. So we'll go to a summary and a look at their recent performance. So Mali is a strange team in terms of their bipolarities, uh, a short and unsuccessful history in the World Cup, though they did uh, come close in the most recent one, and a long history with some impressive success in the African Cup. They didn't often reach the African Cup before 2008, but when they did, they invariably finished in the top four. Uh, when they were knocked out at the group stage, they were almost every time tied with second place finisher. With the second place finisher. Ultimately, though, uh, they're not as strong as their record suggests. Uh, they can be credited with consistency in their good runs, but uh, that was always against second class competitions. And when they do run into top teams, uh, they usually are no match. Uh, Tunisia, perhaps, being the exception to that. But Tunisia uh, is honestly not a top, top team. They're kind of at the at the uh, bottom end of the top team grouping. Okay, in terms of form, uh, uh, Mali is a classic second-tier team. Uh, a close analysis of most of their runs shows them to be successful and consistent over second-tier teams. But uh, wilting against top-tier teams, we saw particularly against Ivory Coast, that they tend to lose when they meet them. Uh, that has continued to the present with Gabon and Burundi as their main competitors in the 2029 uh, qualification. Uh, Guinea was their main competitor in 2021 and Uganda in the 2022 uh, World Cup qualifying. So no top teams there. Uh, Guinea actually bested them in 2021, even though Mali finished first. So their recent meeting with big teams since 2017 uh, which mostly take place in the actual cups, uh, show ties with Egypt and Guinea, but losses to Ghana and Ivory Coast. And we saw that they uh, lost an African Cup qualifying campaign behind, or, or they passed in second behind Egypt. I think that was 2015. Uh, the exception then was that one nothing win over Tunisia in 2021, uh, but also a bit of a bizarre game, as I explained. Okay, and that brings us the, uh, to the end of Mali, which is the, the busiest team in this group. And we'll move on to Congo. Uh, Congo, the uh, Les, Les Diables Rouges, or the Red Devils, is their nickname. Uh, an overview of their participation and achievement. Congo's entry into the 1966 World Cup was not accepted by FIFA, and then they didn't enter in 1970. Uh, so their first World Cup entry was in 1974. And uh, they uh, also participated in 1978, but missed the following three cups after that. Uh, they returned in 1994 and have participated consistently since then. Uh, African Cup is more consistent, though. Uh, their first entry was in 1968, and they only missed in 1970 and 1990, and have entered every edition uh, uh, otherwise. In terms of success, they've never reached the World Cup, uh, have Congo, and they have uh, they reached the final round about half the time, but only in 1998 did they come close. 
uh, finishing three points behind South Africa there. After getting knocked out in the group stage in 1968 and not entering in 1970, uh, they returned with their only title in 1972. Uh, they have reached only six cups in all, but they have passed the group stage in four of these. So uh, kind of like Mali, they tend to do well when they get there. Uh, we didn't cover Congo in, in the recent African Cup, so we'll give a quick view of their, uh, and a quick overview of their World Cup. Uh, they participated consistently, as we said, from 1994, but have never qualified. They reached the final round of qualification three times in a row from 1998 to 2006. And uh, though they were only three points away from advancing in 1998, they were out of their depth uh, in the other campaigns. In 2010 and 2014, they failed to reach the final round, but they did it again in 2018, although they only managed two draws once there. So it seems like the final round is a bit above uh, above their level. Um, in 2022, we have this system of a group stage kind of followed by a playoff stage. So um, we can't probably can't talk about reaching the final round as we as we did before. Uh, they did receive a bye in round one, so uh, not one of the 28 bottom-ranked teams, uh, but probably close to it as uh, they were they were out of their depth here in round two uh, they earned uh, away draws with namibia and togo that was great but at home they only earned a single draw with namibia and so they finished last in their group uh, so a fairly weak showing there we'll move on to an overview of their african cup history and they have ha had success in the African Cup, uh, qualifying in their first entry in 1968, winning it in 1972, and coming fourth in 1974. So a strong beginning there. Uh, they earned only two draws over the nine games of 1968, 1978, and 2000. Uh, so they reached the Cup those years, but only... Um, but only had two draws. Uh, but in 1992 and 2015, they found their way to the quarterfinals. Uh, 2015 was a particularly impressive uh, showing, knocking out defending champions Nigeria in qualification and then winning the group stage to reach the quarterfinals of the Cup. Uh, on a side story, that qualification attracted a number of eligible players from France, uh, which looked very promising, but it ultimately didn't uh, didn't boost their strength, so they didn't follow up that very good 2015 campaign very well. Um, okay, so let us uh, take a look at their... Uh, African Cup qualifying in detail. And again, we've divided it into three sections. The first covering 1968 to 1978. Their first campaign in 1968 uh, was impressive, winning a group over Cameroon and Tunisia. 
Uh, Tunisia did withdraw towards the end, but Congo had beaten them in Tunisia. They lost all games in the group stage, uh, though, and did not enter the African Cup in 1970, but impressed even more in 1972 when they won the title. Qualification saw them beat out Nigeria uh, in the first round and Ivory Coast in the following round. And then 1974, they qualified uh, automatically as defending champions. And as we saw, finished fourth in that cup. So uh, a great beginning. Let's see if they kept it up. 1976 saw them beat Ivory Coast in the first round, uh, both teams winning at home. And actually, that seems to have been the first time that the away goals was, uh, was used as a decider. Uh, that favoured Ivory Coast, and they didn't uh, qualify in 1976. Uh, I just want to verify that. Uh, no, sorry, my mistake. They, they uh, did um, uh, win on goal difference over uh, Ivory Coast, and then they went on to round two where they lost both games to Nigeria, and that's how they got knocked out from uh, qualification there. In 1978, they qualified again, though, beating Cameroon in round one and Gabon in round two. Uh, that brought an end, though, to a strong early history, as they would only reach the Cup smatteringly uh, after 1978. So let's look at the next period, 1980 to 1998. Uh, the next five cups were round one knockouts, passing preliminary rounds over Angola and Central African Republic in the years where there was a preliminary round, but losing to Zaire in 1980, Ghana in 1982, Egypt in 1984, Zaire again in 1986, and Ivory Coast in 1988. And then in 1990, they didn't enter. So they returned in 1992 with the cup changed to uh, 16 teams uh, reaching the finals and a group qualification system. Uh, they won their first group over Zimbabwe and Malawi to reach their fifth cup there in 1992. However, um, they only managed two draws at home, one of them with Burundi in 1994, so a weak campaign there. All of their points in 1996 were cancelled out when Gambia and Niger withdrew, and they finished last among the remaining three teams, Ghana and Sierra, uh, the other two teams, uh, and they had lost all games to them. So a uh, poor campaign in 94. And 1998 was no better. Um, uh, sorry, that was uh, a poor campaign in 1996, finishing behind Ghana and Sierra Leone. 1998 was no better, uh, losing in a preliminary to Togo. Okay, that brings us to the last section, 2000 to 2017. They bounced back in 2000 to finish second in a group behind Ivory Coast, but ahead of Mali in a tight finish where two points separated first and third. 
It would be their only qualification until 2015, though. A middling campaign in 2002 saw Liberia win the group, but a good campaign in 2004 saw them only losing uh, one game away in Burkina Faso, although a second, uh, a solid second-place finish was not enough um, to reach the cup. Uh, 2008 was similar in that they only lost away in Zimbabwe, but uh, two ties with South Africa still left them well behind in third place. Uh, as we've said, 2006 and 2010 qualifications were decided by their World Cup qualifying campaigns in those years. Uh, they were well short in 2006, but tied on points with second place Sudan, who advanced. Uh, Congo's goal difference, just one less, uh, talking about um, being close in 2010, but not 2006. Uh, 2012 was back to normal qualifying uh, with a weak campaign, losing all to Ghana and Sudan there. And in 2013, they fell in a knockout round to Uganda. That was the, uh, the year the Cup had a shortened qualification system. Uh, 2015 was uh, a, not a particularly impressive campaign, but it did feature them knocking uh, Nigeria out in the end. It began with a... Um, sorry, I, I should be clear here. 2015 was a great campaign all in all. I just mean it didn't begin particularly impressively. Uh, although they did uh, knock out Nigeria to reach the cup. Uh, and I'll explain. It began with exchanging home wins in Namibia, uh, home wins with Namibia in a preliminary round and advancing on goal difference. And uh, wait a minute, I'm getting a bit lost. So I'm going to go to my file um, just to be clear. So... All right, so uh, yeah, the reason I was confused was uh, for some reason they are having knockout rounds rather than a group stage, but they had uh, round one and two were knockouts and round three was a group stage. So uh, in round one, they knocked out Namibia and in round two, they knocked out uh, Rwanda, but lost both of those uh, away legs. So it wasn't very convincing. Um in fact, it took penalties uh, to get past Rwanda there. Um, and wait a minute, Rwanda won the penalty shootout uh, after 12 penalties. They won 4-3, but they were later disqualified uh, when it was learned that one of their players had actually played for the I've or played for Congo DR under a different name, uh, a, a rather bizarre story. Uh, his name was uh, Daddy Birori, uh, I think, for uh, Rwanda, and was uh, Tadi Etakiyama uh, when he played for uh, Congo DR. So a bit of a bizarre story. Rwanda gets uh, disqualified. Congo goes through to the final round, uh, and uh, they finish second behind South Africa, but the two combined to knock out Nigeria in 2015. Okay, uh, so sorry, a bit of confusion there. Um, 
but as as we saw in the cup once they got to the cup they did well and reached the quarterfinals uh 2017 followed up that form uh, that good form in the cup going undefeated at home and on the road tying zambia and beating group winner guinea bissau away but it was only enough for second place and it was one of the few qualifications where second place was not an advancing position. So a good qualification in 2017, but uh, it didn't get them there. However, the Cup expanded to 24 teams in 2019. So let's see if they made it there. Uh, actually, 2019 was a weak performance um, in a very competitive group. Uh, they were undefeated at home, but the, the only game they won was against Li uh, Liberia. They tied Zimbabwe and Congo uh, DR. Um, Zimbabwe actually won the group, and Congo DR uh, finished second. Uh, Congo finished last, uh, having lost all away games. So a weak uh, showing on the whole. In 2021, it was a bit better. They were again undefeated at home, uh, tying a group winner and actually eventual champion Senegal. Uh, but uh, And they, they beat Guinea-Bissau and Eswatini at home. Uh, but on the road, they only managed to draw with Eswatini. So uh, a draw with third-seeded Guinea-Bissau in the last game would have seen them through. Um, but they lost three nothing in Guinea Bissau and uh, uh, finished finished uh, in third behind them. So uh, they have not reached the expanded cup. Uh, so they'll be hoping to do that. We'll take a quick look at uh, players for uh, Congo. And uh, I'm not that familiar with them because they haven't been uh, in a recent African Cup and. Uh, uh, some players remain from their successful 2015 campaign. Uh, one of them is uh, Thievi Bifuma, who uh, has 35 caps and 15 goals, so a good scorer for them. He plays in Turkey. And um, uh, we see Prince Ibarra's name a couple of times on the, the scorer's list there too. And he seems to be their top forward, although he has just 19 caps. So... Uh, it looks like they don't really have um, an outstanding forward. Uh, Prince Ibarra plays for a team in India. And uh, when we look at some of the teams uh, 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 that they play for, um, they, they're either kind of a minor teams in Europe, uh, smaller teams like Helsingborgs in Sweden or... Um, uh, Le Havre or Orléans in France, those aren't really big teams. Or they play for uh, bigger teams in Africa like um, uh, Wydad Casablanca or uh, TP Mazembe, which is the biggest team in Congo DR. So uh, it doesn't seem like they have a lot of outstanding uh, players here. Um, which is perhaps why they haven't actually done that well. Uh, they do have a 24-year-old player uh, named Baron Kiba uh, Kibamba who plays for Sevilla in France. So that's actually probably the biggest uh, 
uh, the biggest club team that I'm seeing uh, on the list. Uh, otherwise, they seem to be uh, fairly um, minor teams. Okay, so let's go to a summary and a view of their recent form. Their early history is impressive. And they've done fairly well in African Cups when they've reached them, uh, passing the group stage four out of the seven times, um, even if they were weak the other three times. Uh, they have sometimes deserved more where a solid second place finish in the 2004 and 2017 African Cups, as well as the 2014 World Cups, uh, turned out to not be advancing positions. Uh, that they have not qualified for the expanded African Cup is, um, you know, not good for a team that uh, usually reaches the final round of World Cup qualifying. All right, so in terms of form, a huge boost came in 2015 by knocking out defending champions Nigeria to reach the Cup, uh, and they performed well uh, to reach the quarterfinals. One moment, please. Sorry, that, uh, that success in 2015 attracted a number of eligible players from France, but ultimately it doesn't seem to have led to much. Uh, 2017 onward has waned and weakening campaigns deteriorated to a last place finish behind Liberia in 2019. 2021 looked hopeful until that 3-0 loss in Guinea-Bissau, uh, which was the deciding game for second place, and uh, their failure to qualify for the second expanded cup. Um, but they sometimes fall into weak showings like bottom of the group in 2019 and uh, bottom of the group in their 2022 World Cup campaign too. So uh, that is where Congo uh, stands right now, uh, the second seeded team, but... Um, not sure if they will advance. Let's see if our next team uh, has something over on them. Team three is Gambia, uh, whose nickname is the Scorpions. And we'll take a look at their participation and achievements. But we'll skip the World Cup overview and the African Cup overview because they were covered in uh, the previous African Cup this year. And you can uh, find the links uh find the links in the uh, show notes. Okay, Gambia first entered the World Cup in 1982 and completed two qualifications. Uh, they didn't enter in 1990 and withdrew in 1994, but then from 1998 uh, onward, they participated consistently. Uh, African Cup participation roughly follows that. They first entered in 1976, but didn't enter in 1978. Uh, and they joined five cups in a row in the 1980s, but it was very patchy in the 1990s. They returned in 2000 and participated consistently from them, except for 2015 when they were disqualified. Uh, in terms of success, they've never reached the World Cup. Uh, Gambia's best campaign was a surprisingly competitive round in uh, 2010, uh, but that was just round one of two. Uh, otherwise, uh, really, they haven't um, they haven't uh, been very competitive. 
Uh, they had not qualified for an African Cup either. Uh, there too, despite several more competitive campaigns, uh, they never really came close, but we will examine that uh, in detail. As we said, we're going to skip the uh, World Cup overview, but we will look at their recent World Cup campaign. And in 2022, they were one of the uh, 28 lowest ranked teams in Africa, required to play in the uh, preliminary round. And there they met Angola, um, a bit of a tough draw, I must say. Angola's a decent team. And uh, they lost both legs, so um, not a good showing for Gambia there. Let's go to the African Cup, and we'll skip the overview, having done that uh, earlier. And we will look at the World Cup qualifying in detail, beginning, again, divided into three sections here. And the first section, 1976 to 1988. So Gambia's first entry was in 1976, where they were promptly knocked out at the first step, losing 0-3 uh, to Morocco in both legs. Uh, maybe they were traumatized uh, because they didn't enter in 1978, but they came back in 1980 and had a, a gentler opponent in Togo. They won the uh, they won the second leg at home. There won nothing, but it had it wasn't enough to overcome the two nothing deficit from the first leg. Uh, 1982 saw them fall to Liberia after tying both legs. Uh, but allowing a crucial away goal to Liberia, who advanced. Uh, 1984 saw them fall at the first step again, this time to Mali, uh, despite winning at home. They won the first leg at home 3-2 over Sierra Leone in 1986 and had their best chance of uh, qualifying for their first... Uh, no, actually, they had their best chance of winning their very first knockout round. They hadn't won any to this point. Uh, but they lost 2 nothing in the away leg, and they were knocked out on goal difference. It was two losses to Guinea in 1988. So they uh, not only have not reached the cup to this point, but they have never won a knockout round. 1990 to 2006 is the second section. 1990 saw them withdraw, and though they joined in 1992, where they were again knocked out of the first step by Mauritania this time, uh, they would not complete another another qualification campaign for 10 years. Uh, they didn't enter in 1994. Uh, in 1996, they, they entered, but they withdrew after playing five of their eight games, uh, that causing a bit of havoc in the group. Uh, they actually tied three of those five games and lost two. Uh, but because they withdrew uh, in 1996, they were disqualified in 1998. That punishment was obviously uninstructive as they withdrew in 2000 also. They returned in 2002 to the familiar pattern of getting knocked out at the first stage, a preliminary... Um, uh, yeah, a preliminary round before the group stage there where they were bested by Ghana. No, I'm sorry. They were bested by Guinea in 2002. In 2004, they tied Senegal at home uh, and finished a distant second behind them 
but ahead of Lesotho in the three-team group, Sao Tome and Principe having withdrawn from that group. Their preliminary round knockout in 2006 World Cup qualifying, uh, remember that campaign acted as the 2006 African Cup uh, qualifying campaign too, uh, but they were knocked out in the preliminary in 2006. However, after 2006, they became uh, more competitive. So the last section covers 2008 to 2017. 2008 had them beating Cape Verde and Algeria at home and tying Cape Verde and Guinea on the road. A good result in a tough group there, but only good enough for third place. 2010 World Cup qualifying, again the qualifier for the African Cup that year, saw them uh, finish a point behind Algeria, but ahead of Senegal. However, that good performance did not earn them passage to the Cup. 2012 was a middling campaign, tying group winner Burkina Faso at home, but finishing far behind them. Uh, though they did finish in second place, not an advancing position. Actually, they were ninth among the uh, second-place finishers, but only the top two second-place finishers advanced. Uh, 2013 featured a shortened knockout qualification, and they were unlucky to meet Algeria in round two of three and lost both legs. In 2015, they were suspended uh, for knowingly fielding an overaged player in an under-20 competition. So that was that for 2015. And they returned in 2017 to a weak campaign uh, where they started well with the draw in South Africa, but only earned one more draw after that, uh, tying Mauritania at home. And they finished last in the group in 2017. Let's take a closer look at their 2019 and 2021 campaigns. So uh, 2019, they did trouble group winners Algeria by tying them home and away, but they were bested by last place Togo. Uh, their only win at home uh, was to Benin, was over Benin, uh, but it was also their only loss on the road. So uh, all in all, um, they finished third in the qualifying group. Okay, and moving on to 2021. Uh, I've been trying to hide in the overviews that they actually successfully qualified in uh, 2021. I think my efforts to keep it a surprise have not been uh, very successful, but there we have it. But honestly, it is a surprise. Uh, they began as one of the eight weakest teams in the region who had to undergo a preliminary round. And really, they only just squeezed by Djibouti, uh, requiring a penalty shootout to, to get past them. Uh, that illustrates what a shock it was when uh, they came in as the fourth seed, fourth seeded team to the group, uh, but finished first. Uh, they were bested by the top-seeded Congo, who finished third, and they lost away to second-place Gabon. Uh, but they finished above them um, nevertheless. Uh, interestingly, the criterion on which they finished above them was the seventh criteria uh, for teams that are tied. So 
uh, just to give you a couple of them, they they uh, both had 10 points. That's the first criteria. Goal difference is the second one. Head to head record and so on. Um, it was the seventh criteria uh, there. And so, wow, they reached the African Cup. Uh, in the tournament, they surprised again. Uh, well, beating Mauritania was not a huge surprise, but uh, uh, they tied Mali, which was good. And they beat uh, Tunisia in the third game. And actually, uh, uh, actually, I'll tell you a little bit about that game. Um, what happened was very strange. Uh, uh, the referee gave a red. There was a player launching himself around the field and uh, the referee blew the whistle and uh, pointed at him and gave him a red card. Uh, I think he, the the player hadn't received a previous yellow, so everyone was a bit confused and the player didn't go off the field and there was this kind of general confusion uh, about the cards uh, and suddenly Gambia attacked and, and sent the ball way across to the other side of the field to a player that was completely unmarked, who made a great shot uh, and, and scored the game-winning goal. So we saw earlier Tunisia had suffered at the hands of Mali uh, when the game was blown to uh, a close early, and then they, they suffered this weird red card thing, uh, and it cost them a game against Zambia. Um uh, Tunisia actually did get through as a third place team, but Gambia earned second place and got through to the round of 16 where they, they beat Guinea. And um, reached the quarterfinal and then in the quarterfinal they lost to the uh, host team Cameroon. So uh, really an amazing and eventful tournament for uh, um for Gambia, uh, a team that had never reached the African Cup first. So um, it's kind of hard to know uh, what to make of it. Uh, however, we got to look at African Cup 2023 because they played a preliminary round and uh, uh, were two of the most unpredictable teams in Africa faced off uh, themselves and uh, Chad. It's, it's always something interesting happens when, when Chad is involved, and that was true here too. Um, in the away leg, they won one nothing, uh, uh, struggling with Chad, but winning on a penalty at, in the 89th minute to win one nothing. Uh, however, in the second game, uh, Chad took a 2-1 lead, and they would have won on away goals there, uh, but Gambia again uh, got a late penalty at 90 plus two and uh, snatched the advancing spot. Um, uh, snatched the advancing spot. So uh, a, a, a predictably unpredictable set between two of the most inconsistent teams uh, in the most unpredictable region, uh, Africa. You never know what's going to happen, but uh, a real surprise ending there so you know there they are passing the uh, 2021 african cup all the way to the quarterfinals and then struggling in the preliminary round uh, to get by that is the uh, uh, 
U.S. national team phoning me. They want me to uh, act an advisor as an advisor, and I think coach the team. But I'm busy doing the podcast now, so uh, I, I don't have time for that. Let's look at some of their players. Uh, Asan Cisse is their biggest scorer. Uh, I'll just confirm that here. But um, yes, he has 32, uh, uh, 13 goals in 32 games. So he's also their most experienced forward, and he plays in uh, Zurich. And uh, um, Barrow, Musa Barrow, plays in uh, Bologna. I think he was in uh, Wales with Swansea for a time. No, I'm mixing him up with someone else. Uh, 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 anyway, Musa Barrow is uh, a name on the team. I think it's... Um, uh, Mudu Barrow, maybe, is the one who played for Swansea. And yes, that, that's right. And now he's actually, uh, Mudubari is in Korea with uh, Chumbuk Hyundai Motors. Um, I have an affinity to Korea because I lived there for 15 years. So um, always interested to see uh, when a player is playing there. Uh, otherwise, it's, it's fairly, uh, it's, it's kind of lesser teams uh, in, in uh, Europe that they play for. Uh, Suleiman Mare is their most experienced midfielder. He plays for Ghent. Um, and they do have a young player, Ibrima Darbo. Uh, I thought he might have been one of the scorers I saw, but no. Anyway, a midfielder, uh, 21 year old midfielder who is with Roma. So those are some of the bigger teams. Uh, most of them do play outside of. Uh, uh, or, or outside of their country, um, uh, but but not many for uh, uh, not many for big teams. Uh, I see they have no. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. So no really big names there, but uh, Jallo and Barrow. Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned Abdullah Jallo um, or. Uh, uh, one of their more um, experienced midfielders who seems to uh, score at least one in every campaign. Um, okay, uh, so let's let's move on. Uh, yeah, sorry, uh, he actually has two penalties in. Uh, in that playoff with Chad uh, Abdullah Jallo or Abdi Jallo and Musa Barrow also got one of those late penalties. So those are the main names for them. Let's move on to a summary and an overview of their recent performance. So they have been a feeble team for most of their career. Uh, although like many African teams, they're not so easily beaten at home. Uh, they had a surprisingly competitive period from 2008 to 2010, but it went as quickly as it came, perhaps leaving them a bit more competitive afterwards. Their qualification for 2021 African Cup, though, really came as a surprise, and uh, it awaits to be seen whether it was a flash in the pan or whether it's a step up in their performance. Uh, in terms of form, um, Actually, a more competitive campaign in 2019 uh, uh, did, in retrospect, foreshadow to a degree uh, that successful campaign in 2021. 
But uh, preliminary round exits in the 2018 and 2022 World Cups uh, make it seem a fleeting improvement. Uh, also, their struggle with Chad for this competition makes us wonder whether uh, it was a flash in the pan. Uh, yeah, going to the quarterfinals in 2021 may force a redefinition, but it seems too early to tell uh, whether that whether that performance will lift them out of the quagmire that is their general weakness. All right, that uh, is it for Gambia, and we move on to our last team, South Sudan, who have a very short history. Uh, as far as I know, their nickname is the Bright Stars, but uh, bright stars, but I couldn't get confirmation on that. So I'll have to check into that. Uh, let's take a look at their participation and achievements. So South Sudan uh, separated politically from Sudan in 2010. Their first game was in 2012, um, and they entered FIFA ranked at 199. Um, they entered the African Cup from 2015 and the World Cup from 2018. Uh, but since then, they have been consistent in their participation. Uh, in terms of uh, achievements, they haven't uh, done anything yet. They generally get knocked out in preliminary rounds, or if they're in a group stage, they generally come last. Uh, other than passing a preliminary round, they measure their success at the game level. So they have won a couple over middling teams uh, um, and will hope to build on that uh, into success at the campaign level. So just game level success so far, no campaign level success. Let's take a, a, a closer look at World Cup. Uh, in, in their first World Cup qualification campaign in, in 2018, they tied Mauritania in the first game but lost heavily in the second leg. Let's uh, actually uh, look at the actual campaign in 2022. And we see that uh, they were among the bottom 28 ranked teams required to play in the first round. And uh, to my surprise, really, uh, Equatorial Guinea uh, was also one of the 28 teams. Um, South Sudan came in ranked at 169, while Equatorial Guinea was ranked 139. And uh, South Sudan managed a draw in the first leg at home. And then actually were quite competitive away, losing only 1-0, but uh, they were eliminated. So a competitive campaign with a good team in Equatorial Guinea, but not enough to get them past the first round. Okay, now let's turn to their African Cup history. They've played a few more campaigns there, but they have never come close to, re to reaching a cup. Uh, actually, since their history can only be told in terms of qualifying, um, we'll leave it to the section below to cover their story, uh, their African Cup story. So it begins in 2015, where they were quickly dismissed by Mozambique, uh, though they did manage a tie in the second leg at home. 2017 saw them in their first group stage, uh, there having been no preliminary round that year, and they had a good result uh, with a win over Equatorial Guinea, whose name seems to pop up for them. So actually, maybe their uh, 2022 qualification, they went in 
uh, hopeful because they had uh, beaten Equatorial Guinea before, one of the few teams they've really met in their career. Uh, we'll take a closer look at 2019 and 2021. So in 2019, they were one of the six lowest ranked teams to play in the preliminary round. And uh, they disappointed uh, by losing to the weak Djibouti uh, in the first leg away. But uh, they rectified that in the home leg, smashing them uh, 6 nothing. Uh, in the group stage that they reached, they were no match for Mali, uh, Burundi, and Gabon, losing all games in that uh, qualifying campaign. Uh, on to 2021, we'll see if they did a little bit better. And uh, certainly the preliminary round was more convincing, and they passed it again, winning both legs over Seychelles. Uh, in round two... Uh, this time they did manage one win uh, at home against Uganda, but they otherwise lost all games and finished last place in that group. Now that win over Uganda probably spoiled uh, Uganda's campaign because they finished in third, uh, just two points behind Malawi. So um, presumably if they had won, they would have finished uh, uh, in second place ahead of Malawi. And just as a note there, in the um, uh, in the other game, in the in the um, in the game in Uganda, uh, Uganda struggled with them too, and and they won on a single goal at, in the 86th minute. So uh, a good, uh, I wouldn't say a good performance or result, but uh, competitive there. Uh, especially with Uganda, who they, they actually troubled. And uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about another measure of success uh, when we get to the review. But let's take a look again now. Uh, we have another preliminary campaign for this cup. They had to play a preliminary, and they faced Djibouti again, but this time were far more convincing, uh, winning the away leg 4-2, and then also winning at home uh, to to easily advance over them. So perhaps getting a little more uh, consistent are uh, South Sudan. Uh, let's see if they have any players of note. I'm not familiar with the team because they've never been in a tournament, but uh, most of them seem to play in the Ugandan, or I'd say about half of them play uh, in the Uganda League. And then they have um, about half of them playing for uh, uh, various kind of small teams around the world. So one of them plays for Zesco United in uh, Zambia, for example. Or um, one of them, interestingly, plays for a team in uh, Brunei, uh, the Kota Rangers in Brunei. Uh, but uh, there, there is a league in South Sudan, and uh, uh, sorry, I didn't pick up on that. I would say about a quarter of them play in that league. But I'm looking for any kind of uh, big teams, and I see Newcastle Jets. Uh, they have uh, a forward, Valentino UL, playing for Newcastle Jets uh, in Australia. 
and then uh, one of them plays for Pekan in Iran, which is not the biggest team in Iran, but uh, um, I'm familiar with the name. So uh, kind of uh, interesting there. And then I see uh, a couple of others, um, a couple of younger players also playing for smaller teams uh, in Australia. And then uh, forward William Iko, just 23 years old, plays for a team in Canada uh, called Valor United um, in, in Winnipeg. Uh, but yeah, certainly no outstanding players. Um, sorry, I'll add one more who plays for Atlanta United, which is probably um, one of the biggest teams that I see uh, that I see uh, their players playing for. So that player is a matchup uh, Chol and just 23 years old. He only has two caps for them, but maybe we'll come, uh, uh, we'll come into uh, play as he gets older. Let's go to a summary for South Sudan. And uh, so they did get past the preliminary round in two of the most recent African Cups. Uh, otherwise, they measure their success mostly in terms of successful games. So they have won a couple, uh, and we saw them beat uh, Uganda and Equatorial Guinea, uh, for example, there. And um, they also had... Uh, uh, okay, so for a small team like South Sudan, sometimes it's good to go to their local cup, uh, to check how they've been doing and sometimes improvement that doesn't register at the at the uh, continental or world level will be will be seen there so we'll mention the uh, Sikafa Cup that's the Council of East African Football uh, as they did uh, they did well at the campaign level in 2015 there they won a group over Sudan Malawi and Djibouti and um, you know, so they have uh, kind of shown a little bit of muscle in that competition, but it was not followed up. Uh, it does, though, show that they can be competitive among weaker or even middling teams at the game level. Uh, but perhaps the most telling data is their performance in African Cup qualifying. If we um, analyze it, we see in 2019, they lost all games by three goal margins, um, but in 2021, it was a lot better, uh, losing most games by one goal margins. And as we saw, they even beat Uganda. So uh, sometimes looking at how much they're losing by gives us an idea. And I think we can say uh, there's some small improvement for South Sudan. Anyway, we're going to move on to part three of the podcast, which is uh, kind of comparing them. So uh, let's look at uh, rankings. Uh, Mali is in part one, and they are 52nd uh, in FIFA rankings and 60th in ELO rankings. So um, they've been pretty consistent. Uh, actually, 60th is uh, a bit higher than they usually are. They usually... Uh, closer to 70. Um, and their lowest uh, ELO ranking has been 78th. 
Uh, FIFA, which is which is a bit reactionary and we don't trust as much, had them at 23rd in June 2013. But uh, I can say fairly confidently they've never really been the 23rd strongest team in the world. But um, uh, 52nd and 60th sounds about right. Uh, Congo is 98th in FIFA but much lower in, in ELO at 135th. So um, uh, they have been as high as 107 or in, in uh, ELO rankings. And actually in 2007, they, they broke 100 and were 97th. So they've fallen uh, down quite a bit uh, recently in ELO rankings. Uh, but not so much in FIFA rankings where they're rated 98. And uh, this is very interesting compared to Gambia because Gambia has it basically reversed. They have them as 125th in FIFA and 91st, uh, 94th in ELO. So I'll just go over that again. Uh, Congo's FIFA ranking is 98th. Um, Sorry, uh, Congo uh, is much higher according to FIFA rankings, but Gambia is much higher according to the generally more reliable ELO rankings. And uh, yes, uh, South Sudan is in part four, uh, way back in 161st in FIFA rankings and 179th uh, in ELO rankings. So, um, uh, that's where it stands. So uh, what we glean from that is that uh, people are kind of unsure as to whether uh, Congo or Gambia are stronger. And it probably comes down to whether Gambia's success in 2021 was a flash in the pan or a realistic reflection of their current strength. So um, we'll talk about that a bit later. But let's take a look at their head-to-head -head records before we do. So interestingly, Mali and Congo uh, have an even record of uh, three wins, one draw, and three ties, uh, each of them having that record. Uh, the interesting thing is uh, their 1972 meeting where they met, uh, uh, unlikely uh, uh, met in the final of the 1972 African Cup. So uh, that was an unusual pairing. And uh, Congo ended up winning it uh, over Mali. Their most recent meeting was in 2010, where they exchanged home wins. Uh, but I would say by now, um, even though they have an even head-to-head -head record, Mali is the stronger team in recent times. Uh, moving on to Mali and Ghana, <laughs> same thing there. Um, Mali's probably the stronger team, but they have an even record of one win, one draw, and one loss. So they met in 1984 and exchanged home wins. And we saw that they met in the 2021 African Cup group stage where they tied 1-1. However, I, I, I would say that Mali is a stronger team despite that uh, uh, the even record. Uh, Mali and South Sudan, uh, Mali have a clear uh, uh, advantage there they've met uh they met in 2017 uh african cup qualifying and in 2019 
African Cup qualifying. Mali won all games, uh, usually 3 nothing. Uh, there. Okay, and uh, Congo, uh, the next, uh, Congo and Gambia have never met. Congo and South Sudan have never met. And Gambia and South Sudan have, have never met either. So let's launch into a bit of a discussion about what we think is going to happen here. So uh, Mali is once again blessed with an easy grouping that they should win. Uh, Congo is the pot two team. But as we saw, ELO, ELO rankings have them um, have Gambia uh, far ahead of them. And uh, this is a good place probably for South Sudan to improve their record uh, against uh, kind of um, inconsistent teams. But it's very unlikely that they'll challenge for third place. So that's kind of an overview uh, of what I, th what I think. And then in a bit more detail, Mali is really consistent against this type of opposition and failing to reach the, the cup really seems out of the question here. Uh, in fact, even being challenged for first place seems unlikely. Uh, their rankings are far above the others. And uh, despite their even head-to-head -head records with Congo and, and Gambia, I think they're far the superior team. We saw the Congo beat them in the final of the 1972 African Cup, but um, uh, which was a very unlikely pairing, I must say. But I don't think it, it bears much on, on the predictions here. Uh, it adds a bit of spice, but uh, doesn't, uh, does, it's not of predictive value. Uh, otherwise, uh, uh, the, the thing that is of predictive value in the head-to-heads is uh, teams generally winning at home. Um, uh, Mali did uh, earn a tie in Congo, but with Gambia and with Congo, uh, it's it's home it's uh, home wins and struggling on the road. So we can expect that uh, Mali will drop some points at home. I'm sorry, will drop some points on the road. Uh, it's actually a bit surprising if we turn our attention to Congo that they've maintained a second seeding after their bottom place finishes in 2019 and 2022. To me, they don't seem a, a, a second-tier team. They seem clearly a third-tier team. So they'll have to prove it here. Uh, uh, and, and I wonder if they'll be seeded third in future campaigns if they don't maintain it here. However, it might not be that difficult to maintain it here, depending on Gambia's form. Um, uh, actually, the, the two did meet in 1998 African Cup qualifying. Sorry, 1996. I said they hadn't met before, and officially they haven't because Gambia withdrew. But interestingly, they did play twice in that campaign, and they drew twice. So I think that is a bit uh, reflective here in that they seem, uh, on the balance, they seem fairly even. I mean, what it really comes down to is whether Gambia will show the form that they did in 2021. Uh, but they rarely do show that form uh, and haven't even shown it in in uh, 2022 World Cup qualifying campaign or even in the preliminary round here. But having said that, Congo, uh, Congo are not showing much form either. So uh, both Gambia and Congo have a good 
chance, depending on the form of the other. Uh, in terms of challenging Mali, though, um, uh, not likely, although surprises are always possible. We saw that South Sudan have improved slightly. Uh, that means getting past preliminary rounds more consistently and improving their records so that they are not whipping boys, uh, but actually showing a bit of competitiveness in the 2021 campaign. Uh, some of the games lost only by one goal margins. <coughs> so it's quite possible they'll take some points at home here and maybe even act as a spoiler to one of the teams above. But it would be a surprise to see them challenge for third place for me. So I'm going to give my overall prediction as uh, um, Mali. I'm going to pick Congo for second, uh, Gambia third, and South Sudan uh fourth and uh, gambia is a bit of a wild card and that that uh, second place is contentious but all in all uh, i'm basing my prediction on the feeling that gambia is a bit of a flash in the plan and uh, a bit of a fashion flash in the pan and won't be able to maintain that form so having said that let us look at the games and see what's happened so far. So we have uh, Gambia playing South Sudan. So uh, this will test uh, Gambia's consistency to some degree. Uh, they would be very disappointed not to win in the home leg, though. And a draw would certainly be a good result for South Sudan. And let us see what happened in that game. Uh, that turned out to be a one nothing win for Gambia. So not terribly convincing but the result that they wanted and a good start for gambia there and a respectable result for south sudan on the road who are kind of measuring their success uh that way so um all in all uh something of a win uh for both teams there the second is mali versus congo so mali is very consistent and it'll be really important to win this and assert kind of dominance in the group uh, Congo can be tricky, actually, uh, but a, even a draw here would be a surprise and a very good result for them. Uh, I'm going to say 2 nothing Mali here. And the result is 4 nothing Mali. Mali scored in the first minute and uh, in the 11th minute. So it was over fairly quickly. El Bilal Torre getting two goals, I think. His name was on the list. I think he got a red card in the African Cup. But, uh, got got two goals for them here in a 4 nothing win. So that puts uh, Mali on top after the first round. Let's see how the next games turned out. It was Congo versus Gambia. So this is a crucial game, actually, uh, I think, in the battle for second place. And... Um, as we saw, Elo would uh, uh, favor Gambia, maybe not away, actually, but um, they saw Gambia as the stronger team. And so if that's true, uh, Gambia could get a, a draw here or even a win if they maintain their uh, uh, form that they showed in the African Cup. But uh, I don't believe that'll happen. I think Congo is going to... Um, is going to win here. So I'm going to say 2 nothing Congo. And the result is one nothing Congo. So 
So never a surprise in Africa for the home team to win at home. It's very hard to overcome that. But um, a good result for Congo there. And South Sudan versus Mali. Well, I, uh, as much as it seems uh, like uh, Mali is the far stronger team and has everything in their favour, uh, home home advantage in South Africa is very strong. So it'll be a measure of consistency to uh, for Mali to win here. And i got to say, I think they will, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, if this was a draw because that sometimes happens in Africa. But I'm going to say 2-1 uh, Mali here, uh, South Sudan being competitive. And, oh, it was competitive, and I'll tell you why in a second. But it was a 3-1 win for Mali, which is no surprise. However... Uh, South Sudan went up on a goal at 29. It was actually an own goal by um, a Mali player. Um, and it took until the second half for Mali to equalize. And they actually won the game on um, two uh, injury time goals. So at 90 plus three and at 90 plus five. So a very competitive performance there by South Sudan. Mali got what they needed in the end, and uh, that's where things stand. So I'll just finish by telling you the uh, group standings here. We have Mali on top with six six points, uh, Congo in second with uh, uh, three points, Gambia in third also with three points, but Congo is in second based on the head-to-head -head result. And uh, South Sudan with zero points, but uh, only uh, uh, minus three in their goal difference after two games. So I feel like South Sudan is actually doing quite well here in terms of being competitive. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. And uh, I will once again um, say that the links to the previous African Cups are available and the times are written in the show notes. And you can find all of our podcasts at uh, soccerfiles.captivate.fm or if you do a Google search on Soccer Files, uh, that's soccer uh, with a PH in the middle instead of an F. Uh, if you look at soccer, if you type uh, soccer files or soccer files canada will definitely get you there thanks so much for listening to this uh, really deep dive and we hope to see you uh, in the future thank you bye bye <laughs>